a good arm to lean on. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you're all standing here tonight. And since you're standing, the song was mentioned about there's no one, there's no one like Jesus. <laughs> now, God don't care, and I don't care if you do the actions or not, but, you know, a lot of you like to do it, but I thought we just may sing it. Is that all right? Taking, taking our liberty? All right. Give me the good old key of Asus. All right. You got it. And you just follow along. Oh, there's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There is no one, there's no one like No, there is no one, there's no one like Jesus. There is no one, there's no one like Him. I ran, oh, I ran around. All over, all over, I turned around. Jesus. Ain't somebody else's Jesus. He's my Jesus. Amen. That's my personal because I got relationship with him. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. That's our Jesus. Amen. That's our Jesus we're going to see one day. That's good. I see Jesus in you and I see Jesus in a lot of people. But oh, what a day when we see him face to face. I'll tell you what, I'm going to need a new body in order to be able to handle that. The very one that talked to me for so many years. The very one that led me to repentance my whole life. Here he is, right in front of you. Now that is having the right thoughts. Amen. Think on those things. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't have to get into the spirit. I already am. <laughs> Look at you all doing it. Getting me hot already here. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. We all come for a recharge, didn't we? Sunday's our recharge day, isn't it? Oh, we get some on Wednesday and we get them throughout the week. There's nothing like a Sunday, is it? All gathered together, you know. Man came up to me at a trade show one time and he said, you know what? He said, I was selling battery packs. He says, you got, a, you got a battery pack for this? Pointed to his heart and I said, yeah, actually I do. I said, oh, so you do? And I said, yeah, it's a great battery. He said, I said, it's quite powerful, actually. He says, what kind of battery? 
So how does it get its power? I said, it's solar powered. Oh? As it gets its power from the sun. <laughs> what kind of sun? I said, oh, the S-O-N. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. How often do you recharge it? Well, <laughs> throughout the week, but especially on Sunday. Amen. So if you're interested in it, I'd be willing to talk to you about an installation process. <laughs> That's the battery pack we have inside of us. Goes throughout eternity, right to our destination, Brother Ram said. Oh, my. I got to recharge already. We can dismiss the service. Hey. <laughs> no, we'll take the word. That's the most important. We love singing. We love seeing each other, but it's the word, right? Amen. So we want to get into the word, you know. Let's, uh, let's turn our Bibles. <clears throat> Amen. Some water up here, good. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. It's a very familiar scripture, of course, and all of you know it. I'm going to take a little bit of a, a thought from that and then go into Corinthians, but we're going to start with Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders attained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. And it reads like this. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we as some others epistles of condemnation to you? Or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. See, you are a living, walking, talking epistle. Right? So what? A living, walking, talking Bible. Amen? God bless you. You have your seats. <clears throat> so we want to talk about, I'm going to title this, A Living Interpretation. A Living Interpretation. So... When we look at God's Word, you see, we always like to start at the beginning and get the original pattern. You see, so when we, it makes it easier to kind of follow the program of God throughout the Bible and so forth and leading ultimately up to our day. So we know by the famous words when God was there in the beginning and, he, and, he, and those great words were spoken out. See, He thought it, of course, and it was in His mind, but He had to speak the Word. You know, so that's why we believe the spoken Word in our day. And it had to be a spoken word. So those famous words came out of his mouth. Let there be. Let there be. Let there be. You see, and all of earth, all of nature, all of the waters, everything, everything heard that. You see, and I want to establish something very clear here first, which we all know when we all have seen that God's spoken word, once it comes out of his mouth, it is eternal. I don't think we quite grasp that. Once it is spoken, it is eternal and cannot be taken back. You see, it can't be slowed down. 
There's nothing that can stop it, no matter how, how much unbelief there's out there, no matter how many devils come, and we got 200 million of them sitting around us right now and throughout the world, coming after the bride, as you heard this morning. So no matter how much unbelief, how much is so, it can't be changed, it can't be altered, it can't be taken back, it can't be destroyed, but the moment that it's spoken, it has a job to do. It's got a purpose. It's got a timeline so you can hang your very soul on the fact that it will accomplish what it was set out to do. Amen. So when the Word of God was spoken, it had to have a creative power to it. And we all know that. You see, the very essence of God's Word is a creative power. The very essence of it, like we heard this morning. It has the ability to take nothing and form something out of it. Now, can you relate to that? When you were sitting here in sin or going about maybe in a, in a denominational church or wherever you were, you were a nothing, but God loves to take those nothings and make something out of it. Amen? You see, we got to stop looking at what we are in each other's eyes. We trust that we all look each other right. But I'm more important what I look like in my maker's eyes rather than anybody else's eyes. Amen? So when God's nature is always seen, God loves to take some, nothing and create something with it. So when we look at the apostles, the acts of the apostles, Brother Bram says, this, no, it's not the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit in the apostles. You see, it's not a holy church, it's a holy God in a church. It's not a holy people, it's a holy God in a people. Amen? Let's put the glory where it needs to be. Amen? <laughs> Amen. So a creative power. See, that's why the third pole is so incredible. Because, you see, you could take nothing, and Brother Bannon was there and says, just speak the word, and those squirrels will come out of nowhere. Now, usually God takes something. Brother, I'm usually you'd take a you know, dust or something, or some other prophet would take this, like Moses would do, throw some in the air. But that creative power came to the place where they actually could create something out of completely nothing. Yeah. And do you realize we got that creative power in us? What do you mean? What do you mean I got that creative power? Well, 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 well how do I start? How do I start with this creative power? Well, you can start by creating a good atmosphere around yourself. How about that? You see, some people don't even have that basic revelation yet. They're always grouchy and complaining about something. Government's going wrong. With, this is wrong with the church. This is wrong with my family. They complain, complain, complain. And you wonder why nobody wants to be around you. <laughs> you see, that creative power in you has the ability to create a good atmosphere around you. Why? It's because of what you think of. That's creating the good atmosphere around you. So if you've got a rotten atmosphere around you, I would check your thoughts. Because <laughs> they're likely going to be rotten. <laughs> you see, I don't want a band-aid solution, friends. You see, the church is not a remedy center. 
right? You know, you go to the hospital and they give you some aspirin, they give you this, and yeah, sure, they can do some surgeries and so forth. A lot of times they kind of give you this, this pill here, this certain thing here, and this injection. All right, you're good. It's an aid. It's a remedy, but it's not a cure. <laughs> you see, the church is not a remedy. The church is actually a cure for you. It's a sin-killing cure, and God doesn't want band-aid solutions. He says, my word will not only be the remedy, but it can kill sin in your life. That's what God's Word does. It doesn't remedy. It doesn't just cover it over and put it under a cloth or something. It actually denihilates sin. See, that's what I come here today. If I've got sin in my life, I want it killed. Not a remedy center. (laughs) It actually will cure it. Wow, that's the power of God. So what is the end result? Now we're going quick here on this. We could spend sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon on that on that creative power of God. But what is the end result of creative power? As we talked, it actually takes on a substance. Now it actually will, what we call it, and Brother Bam calls it, materialize in your life. Oh, I love that, materialize. You see, we can think a lot of things, we can speak a lot of things, but out of our mouth can cre- actually materialize things in our lives. Oh, I love to talk on the tongue. A lot of creative power in that thing. We're not going to go there today. But look at this. Brother Bram says here, first quote. I think you got her up there, buddy? Let's see here. Here, I'll just start reading it. Here it is. For when God speaks a word, it's already finished. That's right. When God's word is forever confirmed in heaven, oh my, I like that, already finished, as soon as it leaves the lips of God, it's a word. And it has to materialize. You see, you wonder why you are the spoken word. When God thought of you, your name, what age you'd come in, that had to materialize one day. Ain't no matter amount of devils or unbelievers ever going to stop that. You're going to come to this earth and you're going to believe God's word and you're going to receive the message of the hour. It has to materialize. So if you're here tonight, your name was spoken, your name is thought of, <laughs> and it materialized, became a substance. Now what else is a substance? We read that faith, as we read in the Word, faith is the substance of things hoped for, so that if you have faith, that faith has to materialize in your life. See, that's why faith without works is dead. You see, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe the message, I believe this, believe this, but there has to be a substance come with it, and there has to be an action in your life to make it come to pass. That's when faith takes a hold. That's a substance. It's real. It's absolutely real to you. It's more real than this, this church here. It's absolutely real to you. You see, you can't, you know, you, how many believes that there's going to be a rapture? Okay. How many believe he's got the Holy Ghost? How many love the Lord? Okay, prove it to me. Prove it to me you have eternal life right now. Scientifically prove to me right now. <laughs> can't do it, can you? No, we can't do it. But see, but there's, but you know without a shadow of a doubt that something has happened inside of me. I can tell you the time when God got a hold of my life and now my eyes are changed, my focus has changed, everything's changed in my life. 
and I know I'm going in the rapture. I know I've got eternal life. I lay my very soul on the fact that God keeps his word. Yeah. Amen. We know we're going by faith. Amen. So that's where it's going to be a substance to you. Amen. Amen. So it has to materialize in life. So faith is the substance. Your actions will prove your faith. Amen. A second quote here, brother. You see, how are you going to stomp out the baptism of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> how are you going to stomp out the gifts? How are you going to stamp out the church? You can't do it. No, God spoke it, and it's going to be. That settles it. It'll materialize somewhere. Where's that somewhere? Are you that somewhere? Are you that some person that the word has materialized in your heart, in your life, every action? I see God materialized, living, breathing, walking, talking, epistle. Amen. It has to materialize. God's word will. Amen. See, that's what we think. That's, see, that's the faith is the substance. So we need faith for certain things in our life. Everything, actually, we live by faith. But see, even with healing, you see, you've got to keep with it, and it'll materialize eventually in your life. You see, that's why you've got to keep your testimony positive. You see, how can the word materialize on negative comments, negative thoughts that keep infiltrating your mind, and you speak it, and you speak it, and you speak it? How can the word of God materialize on that? It's got to stay positive. Amen? I was telling that testimony. Talked to my mom here about a couple months ago. <coughs> Sitting on the phone here, and I said, yeah, my hands were bothering me at the time. And I said, you know what? I said, yeah, and this, I said, my art, and I stopped right there. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, not my arthritis. It's actually a, a demon from the pit of hell called arthritis that has come on me, and I'm not accepting that it's mine, but I'm actually just going to give it back to the pits of hell. You see, something came over me. You can't explain these things, friend. You say, you know, and something just happened. Some just said, you can't, you, you don't have physical words or visible audible words, but some said, you said the right thing. Yeah. I just forgot about it. Two weeks later, I just kind of looked at my hands. I was just talking. I was like, I don't got no pain anymore in my hands. <laughs> I didn't claim nothing that way. That was not my arthritis. And you don't have to live with your disease. You don't have to live with your afflictions because it never was yours to begin with. Yeah. Came from the pits of hell and bring it back to the pits of hell. Yeah. Look at this next quote. Some people have spontaneous faith, great faith, that deep. You think, oh, I wish I could have that faith. That's a gift. That's a miracle. Some of them have faith about that deep. It'll take a little while. Some in mustard seed faith. Very little, but just stay with it. It'll bring you out. It will materialize. It will will materialize. That is positive. Amen. Went to a congregation a couple years. When I first started preaching, I had a little mustard seed. I, Can you see that? No one could see that. It was so small. But I said, look what it could grow to. The potential's a big, huge tree. 
See, it doesn't matter how small you start with, if you keep feeding it, if you keep it in the right moisture, the right sunlight, it has to grow. And it will materialize in your life. You see, we've got to be positive about it. Positive words need to come out of your mouth. Some message people still don't have that revelation. You've got to be positive because this gospel is positive. Everything in the gospel is positive. You say, well, yeah, but what, 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 you know, when the word is sharp, yes, it cuts and it cuts all the excess flesh. Yeah, sure it does. We heard a little bit about this morning. Yeah, there was a little cutting, you know, wasn't it? But that's positive. Why? Because it's trying to cut all the excess flesh off you so you can go right back into your relationship with Christ. That's positive. The end result for every Christian is positive. The rapture is positive. Eternal life is positive. Everything around you is positive. Because you're not looking with eyes of man. You're looking as a Christian. Because all things got to work out together for the good. Right? Right, so everything's positive. So you say, oh, Brother Brent, I get sick. I get this. This happens here. Oh, I'm going to face a trial. I'm going to face this. I'm going to face this. Is this positive? Yes, it's all positive. <laughs> if you can look at it right. If you can just look at it right. So you got me need to get your attention sometimes and maybe put some on you so you'll come back to him. But that's still positive, isn't it? Because he's trying to get you back into relationship. My, call me an optimist. I don't care, but man, the word is positive. (sighs) Praise the Lord. You think everything in your past may not be positive, but your future can be. (laughs) My, think of this now. Now I'm going to hit somebody's theology, some people's theology, pretty hard here. That okay? <clears throat> when you come into God's program and when you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life, when that word starts having an effect and start having, having preeminence and start materializing in your life, what happens? What do you become? You become the living interpretation of God's word in the lady you'll see in age. (sighs) Interpretation. We're not supposed to interpret the word. (laughs) What does interpret mean? To tell the meaning of something. You see, brother, you know, we, we understand. I'm sure we can all rightly divide the scriptures and the word. And he says, yeah, but there's one interpretation of the scripture. Yes, we understand Malachi 4 to come. And he interpreted the Bible and he gave us the proper revelation and so forth. That's not what I'm talking about. And we're going a little bit further than that. With that in mind and established, you have to understand to apply the word. You have to have a balance here to understand it. But the word of God is like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, every word has its place, and you've got to put it in its rightful place. Amen? Amen. Provide the meaning of. So God is his own interpreter. We've heard that. He speaks to his prophet. His revelation is what we base our revelation on. Amen? Amen? See, God interprets his own word, he said, by bringing it to pass. You see, so what happened in Isaiah 7, 14? You see, who was the fulfillment of that scripture? Mary was. 
Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear with child. Well, who became the living interpretation of that scripture? Mary became that. You see, there's many scriptures throughout that prove Christ was coming and he fulfilled that. He was the interpretation of that scripture. Malachi 4 comes along and we all know who was the interpretation of that. God sent Brother Branham across. He was the fulfillment of that interpretation. And God prophesied in our day. There's going to be another living interpretation. This thing ain't over, friends. Someone's going to be my living, walking, talking interpretation for this day. I'm going to have a bride. And someone's going to interpret that. Someone's going to be the walking, talking bride. Someone's going to be Mrs. Jesus Christ. Someone is going to be that. Are you it? Amen. Why? You see, God can look at that. And he says, I'll have a bride. No matter how much unbelief there is, how much wickedness is in Lady Osea, how perverted the world gets. And we heard about that. How bad it's getting. And it is. It's terrible. And you wonder, how in the world could people come out of this generation? Oh, my that just proves to me one thing. No matter how bad it gets, we always know by God's word, he's got a standard above that. And no matter how bad it gets, there'll be a group of people overcome. Yeah. Amen. He's going to prove to Satan. Well, you may have got to some of my virgin brides before. He ain't getting this one, though. I've got her first, and now she's pregnant by the word. She can't do anything else but bring forth the word because she's pregnant with the word. There's something living. There's something kicking inside. You can't stop this thing. Amen. <sighs> <sighs> Heard a while back, <clears throat> Brother Paul mentioned actually, it was really good, a really good word he used. When a cow is pregnant, you know what they call it? Settled. When she's pregnant, it's a settled affair. And when you get pregnant by the word, it's a settled affair. Satan can't get you as long as you're producing the word and you're pregnant by the word and you're producing the word, the living interpretation of the word. So many people. And the mess can see God in Moses, can't they? How many can see God in Moses? How many can see God in Elijah? How many can see God in Paul? How many can see God in Brother Branham? Well, I think it's high time to start seeing God in us, don't you think? What is the message? What is the message? See, we use that term loosely. The message of the hour. The message. I'm in the message. I'm the message. You're the message. I believe the message. I'm the message. Yeah, I'm in the message. Message, 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 message. message clothes. Message tie. Message chair. Message glasses. Message hands. Message, 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 message. Very loosely, don't we? Because it's so common. That's fine. We're in the message. But what is the message? You ever thought of that? If the messenger came to your door, if a messenger came to your door, and he says, and Hammermeister, I've got a message for you. 
Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> um, what's the next question? What does it say? <laughs> I got a piece of paper I got to give to you. What, 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 what does it say? What's on the piece of paper? Well, let's take the natural. If I said, here's a, here's a piece of paper. Here, and you read it and says, your wife is, in the sick, is sick in the hospital. Please come quick. Oh, that's a pretty sobering message, isn't it? I'd kind of get your attention, wouldn't it? Because you looked at the message and the message said something. Now, if you sat around and says, man, that's too bad. Oh, man, I just, I better pray for her. Oh, I know it said come quickly, but yeah, yeah, I know. I got to study this for a while. I got to study this. I could really study it, study it, study it, study it. The message was very, very clear. Get to the hospital. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this. Now, keep that in mind. You see, when God give, it gives you the message, he gives it to you personally. He gives you a piece of paper, and it's addressed to you. Ooh. It's not addressed to the end time message tabernacle. It's addressed with your name personally on it. And God says, I got a message for you. What is that message? I want to live in you. I want to live in you. I want your hands. I want your ears. I want your eyes. I want your feet. That's my message to you. I'm going to send forth a man that's going to restore it so you, I can live in flesh again. I told you the roof was going to collapse in five minutes. What would you do? That's Brother Paul's example. I like that one. I told you that. And he says, amen. Praise the Lord, brother. I believe that. All right. What are you going to do about it? I'm out of here. Something will take hold in your life. You see, that's why, friends, we can say all we want, but our actions are going to prove if we believe the message. And if God sent you a message personally, he's got something to say to you, and God wants you to take action on his word. All 1,200 books and tapes form one message. Look at that. One message. You see, we can complicate the message so much. Oh, we could say, what is the message? Well, it's this, it's this, revealing the mysteries. Uh, God, Malachi 4, fulfilled. Right. But I always love to simplify it down. Think of this now. God wants to absolutely live in your life. You see, it's come to the time where God can live in flesh again just like he did in the days of the apostles because that's what we've been restored back to. God wants to saturate your very being. You sisters, you, you that, that can pickles, what happens with the cucumber? Oh, you put the cucumber in. If you took it out the next day and says, well, let's see if it's a pickle yet. No, it's not a pickle yet. You see, it's got to stay in that brine for a while. You see, and usually, how do you know when it's sealed? <laughs> usually, you like to hear a little pop. You like to hear a little bit of noise before you know it's sealed. And we're friends, we're getting too many dried-out confessions in the message. God wants to hear some noise sometimes from you. God, I love you. God, forgive
saturate every being. When it's fully saturated, then it becomes a pickle. <laughs> when your life is saturated, just let the brine of the Holy Spirit just fill every faculty of your body. Oh, you can. And he will do it if you let him. Let me say this. When you lose your love to worship God, when you lose your love to come to church, when you lose your love to praise Him, you are dead. But I go to the end time tabernacle, you're dead. But I believe the message, you're dead. Yeah, but I, 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 I read my Bible, but you're dead. The tapes aren't dead, you're dead. That sounds hard. But see, but friends, we can backslide in a condition where God can't even use us. I want to be used. I didn't come into this message just to sit around on a chair. I didn't come here just to sit here and do nothing for God. I want to do something for his kingdom. That's why I'm here. That's what my purpose is. To serve. That's what eternal life is. You know what? Brother Ryan says eternal life is living for others. I don't want to just be put on a shelf. I want to live. I want to serve. Amen? My. I've lost a lot of things in my life. I've lost some friends. How many lost some friends in their life? Yeah. I've lost some family. I've lost confidence in others. I've even lost my joy. But oh God, whatever happens in my life, never let me lose my praise. Because that's what I want to keep is my praise. Because I know praise changes things. You can praise your hurt away. You can praise discouragement away. You can praise depression away. There's power in praise. So much. Feed and become. Now think of this now. Eating is not working. Now hold on to that thought. When you go to work, you eat food at home so you can go to work, right? So when you're actually sitting at home eating, are you making money from working? (laughs) That's a prerequisite, right? You're going to eat so that you can go to work. So we can eat and eat and eat, and that's good. We eat on the Word. We read on the Scripture. We listen to tapes, and we eat and we eat and we eat, and we sit in a cage all healthy and wonderful and go nowhere. God says, I want you to eat so that you can work. That's the point of eating, friends, is to give you strength so you can work for the kingdom of God. This may blow your mind. (laughs) When you listen to a tape, you're not doing something for God. Oh, God's doing something for you. What you do after the tape is what you do for God. Amen? (laughs) Yeah, God's doing something for you. So we can eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. eat. But what good does it do if we don't put it into action in our lives? 
Here's a quote. Quote number four, buddy. That's the way the message is. You can sympathize with it and say it's right, and you've got to take it yourself and become part of it. Then you and the message become one. Then the anointing's with you as it is with others. You have to become the message of the hour. Well, I'm dramatizing a little bit. But it's the truth. Some people get scared of that. Because the message is something they've just heard and they'd want to keep it on the tapes. But it goes farther than that. There's a light behind the tape. There's a light behind the scriptures. I want to live in you. I want you to become the very message of the hour. Amen. You know one the greatest compliments you could ever pay Brother Branham? That there's somebody in Edmonton that believes the message. Someone has become the very message that I have preached. Amen. I've become what God intended me to come. That's why my ears are open to the truth. Because God wants you to hear it and then become. Police officer comes to your door. Scary. And he says, all right. Law's been changed. We heard the mess. This message is illegal now. So if you have any books and tapes, we're going to confiscate every one of them. Think of that now. Police officer came, took all your books, all your tapes, your phone, every bit of access to the message. Now let me just ask you this question. Did the message leave your house? How can you take away something that I've ever already ate? I've already ate the book. All the books and the tapes are inside of me. I've ate the book. You can't take the message from me. There's a birth already taking place. You can't take it away from me. It's birthed in me, and it's living in me. The message of the hour is coming out in me. (sighs) Brother Ben, you say we should have our books and tapes taken away? No, absolutely not. Hope you know better than that. You see, but what has it needs to become? It needs to become you. It needs to become me. We need to become the very word of the hour. What those tapes were talking about. You need to look at yourself and say, I become the message. Amen. Put me in prison. Put me on a ship. I don't care what you do. The message will live inside of me. Because the message is I want to live in you. Pushing for the life. You say, how can you say that, Brother Brand? Well, look at the Welch Revival then. Go a little bit further. Two gentlemen come over from the U.S. They say, where is the Welch Revival? (laughs) (laughs) Policeman. (laughs) Good day, sir. Yes. Could you tell me where the Welch Revival is? Oh, yeah. 
Where is it? Over here? Over here? You're looking at it. He became the Welch Revival. He poured it right here because he received it in his heart. And he became that revival. When you see the message of the hour, what you can say is, I become the message of the hour. <sighs> Can't take away something I already ate. <sighs> Amen. You can't take something that's inside of me already. <sighs> Amen. Think of this now. Go a little further that. Now that Pharisee, denominational spirit, has invaded this message. I'll tell you that right now. That old... Well, they were proselyting for sure. Jesus said, you just proselyte one, make him a two-fold child more of hell than he begin with. That's not our motive, friends. But what is it? The starchy, stiff Pharisees looked at Jesus. Scroll underneath their arms. I just put this here. What authority do you have to do that? We have Moses. The scroll of Moses. Right underneath their arms. What did Jesus say? I am that scroll. Underneath your arms. I am that word. That you're trying to contend with. I am that word. Made flesh. And then, let's fast forward today. Yes. Stiff, starchy members. We've got the Brother Brenham. But who are you? Who are you? I am what the message said I should become. I am that tape you're listening to. I'm the results of those 1,200 tapes. I'm the results of the books. I'm the results of the scriptures. I am this book. Because before this was I am. Hey Amen. You become part of the word. Because you're feeding on it. You're becoming the message. You're becoming it. Every day. That's the whole point of the message, friends. That's the whole point of it. Then we get little scrums and little fusses about this and this and this certain doctrine over here and all this. It's a bunch of Tommy Rod many times. It's time to unite this body. It's time to unite the spirit with the spirit of Christ. Unity of the spirit. Oh, don't you worry about unity of the faith. That's coming. It's about time. It's about time. You want to see power? You get this body united. And you get it united with one thought. You come to church with one mind. One focus. To see Jesus Christ in our midst. You will see Jesus Christ. You will see power. 
You will see devils cast out. You will see the devil out the exit door. And where the devil leads, only good things can happen. Amen. It's time. It's time. I was at a Quebec camp here last week. 14 churches together. You want to talk about power? Wonderful services. It's time to stop the fussing. It's time to stop. It's time to go with one goal. It's time to go with one focus. I want to become Jesus Christ. I want to become the message of the hour. I want to become what the scriptures said I can become. And I'm going to do everything in my power and my help to make sure you do it too and help you. See, that's what brothers and sisters do. They help one another. Yes. When a brother's down, what do you do? Well, you kick him a little further. Shame on us. Pick him up. Pick him up out of the dirt. Pick him up out of the mud. Hold that guy's back. Well, I guess he was never part of the bride of Christ. Well, what did you do about it? Just let him go. He's serpent seed. What did Brother Bam do? He said, we talked to him. We counseled him. We brought him back. That's what it is, bringing back. Let's do our part. Amen? I know it may be a little stiff, but it's the truth. Just don't give up on people so easy. Amen? My, my. I have absolutely no intention... I want to clarify this. I have no intention of getting off this camel train. The Eliezer that we have in this day is leading us to our Isaac. And until I see Isaac face to face, I need Eliezer. Brother Ed, give another example. Brother Ed, I am going to get Brother Dwayne Fair to come by your house and give you $1 million. Let's okay. do it right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. So, who am I talking to right now, friends? Am I talking to you? You are. Okay. Am I talking to Dwayne right now? No. No. Okay. So, that message was directed for Brother Ed. Malachi 4 5. Says, behold, I will send you. I will send you. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the bride of Christ. I will send you, Elijah the prophet. He is talking to his bride. That message is addressed to you. I will send you. Put your name in there. Amen. It'll mean a whole lot more. Behold, I will send you, Ed Hammermeister, Elijah the prophet. Oh, me. Yes. Bride to the bridegroom. Groom to the bride. Here's my message for you. You just follow that man. I've got a message with him. And he's going to reveal all these mysteries. 
But it's all going to come down to one great mystery. What is it? Serpent seed? Yes. What is it? The baptism of the Holy Ghost? Yes. What is it? How to, the titles of baptism? Yes. There's so many things that come with those mysteries. But what is the mystery? <sighs> Christ in you. The hope of glory. That's Christ's whole purpose. That's his threefold purpose. <sighs> to live in flesh again. Threefold purposes of God. You know what it is? It's all about you. Think of that. That's his whole plan. To get you back in relationship so he can call you, can call him father, so that he can have the preeminence in your life, so he can bring you back to the Garden of Eden experience again. That's his whole plan. That's his whole purpose. That's what the message of the hour came for. I'll give you a quote on that. Quote number five, buddy. If you believe the Bible, Jesus said this in the Bible. St. John 14, 12. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall you do also. That's the true interpretation of the Bible. For God himself is in you. Oh, I love this. Speaking back his own interpretation. That's the true interpretation. God in you interpreting his own words. Amen. <sighs> Amen. Me? Yeah. You. Little old you. Little old me. <sighs> Quote six. Didn't Jesus say these signs shall follow them that believe? God in you giving his own interpretation. You don't have to look back to somebody else. Look to somebody else. The word says this. Believe it. It will interpret itself. Because it's God using you to interpret his own word. Interpret his own word through you. That takes on a whole nother meaning, doesn't it? Interpreting his word through your life. What a privilege. That God should love a sinner such as I. I say this. I look at myself. If God doesn't bring me into the rapture, I'll say that's one of the biggest wastes of times that he ever had. The biggest waste of time. How much time you spent saving me and healing me and keeping me just to lose me. Put your name in there. God did not save you to lose you. Because he said, I started this work in you. I'm the author of your faith. That's not where it stops. He says, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish this work in you. Amen. Whew. Three words. So you've got the finisher in you. Oh, I love that. I love it when people, there's many people that start the race, but there's many people that can't finish a race. We see the goal right ahead of us. We see the finish line right just ahead of us. So what's going to take us through? It's the finisher in us. 
He will finish your faith. Because when he said on the cross, it is finished. He was talking to you. It's a perfect sacrifice so you can go all the way with God. Let's be good stewards. Amen? Amen. Time you quit here. It's court date. What time do we start? A long time ago? I guess Brother Ed's not a short-winded preacher. <laughs> I'll be okay. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I promise. All right. <clears throat> He'll finish the work in you, so let's be good stewards. Think of this now. Quote eight. I'm going I'm to just change the topic a little bit, but I'm going to put, put God in action in your life. There's probably a many a men sitting here tonight that they just would have done what God told them to do a long time ago. He'd been preaching the gospel somewhere. Do something. Don't just stand still. If you're not a preacher, testify. Do something somewhere. Don't stand still. If you're washing the dishes, testify to the neighbor. Get out and pass tracks. Do something. Don't stand still. What is in your hand? Get doing something. Whatever is in your hand, use it. I can't do much. Well, do you have a 10-stringer? You can start clapping your hands when the songs are sung. I can raise my hands. I can worship God. Well, then start with that. Because I tell you what, God is the great multiplier. He can take those five loaves and two fishes and he can multiply it. He can multiply it to four, to eight, to sixteen, thirty-two, sixty-four. That's one of my favorite quotes. You look that up. It says, God gives gifts. He never takes them. He says, if you'll be honest with what you got, God will take other talents and just keep heaping them on you. Oh, you mean if I'm honest with what I got, God can increase? Yes, he can. Just be honest with it. How do you be honest with it? We'll give him the glory. If you sing, give him the glory. If you preach, give him the glory. If you testify, give him the glory. Everything you do, give him the glory. If you play your instrument, play it to the glory of God. And be honest with it. God will take that and multiply in your life. Just be willing. Amen? I find that. Let's keep going. Do something for God. Look at Brother Ram says here. It's not up there, but I'm going to read it. And when the church ever stops, that's when Satan takes over. Oh. When, when the church ever stops, you got to move constantly and rapidly. Marching towards Zion. Don't let the church of the living God ever be guilty of stopping. This certain thing comes up. That doesn't mean you should stop. Yeah, but this happens, so I gotta stop. I gotta do this while I just can't move any forward, any forward. God's got it there for a reason. And just get past it. Maybe you have to pray something through a little bit. But don't ever stop. If I can't go around it or over it, God will make a way through it. Don't ever stop. Keep, keep going. I say keep going. I say keep going. 
the hope of glory in you. I love to hear how God was in all those men back in old times. I love it. But I want to see God in my life. Amen. Amen. Friends, that's the whole purpose. That's why you are here. Because you can glorify God in your flesh. Hebrews 11, 6. You see, I want to see a was God turn into an is God. Hebrews 11, 6. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, not was, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I'm not interested in the God of history. If he's not God today, what good does it do? But that was God says, I am right now. I am and is a God. And I will never be a was God. I am right now, present tense, in this church, in time message tabernacle. I am here and I am real and I want to live in you. I'm present tensed. Present tense. You know, that's what all hell is against. You know that? They don't care about how much you talk about Moses. The devil don't care how much you talk about Elijah. The devil don't care how much you talk about Jesus and all those things. That's good. That's wonderful. That's lovely. Those are all stories to help us. He doesn't care about the past though. If he, what he cares about is that God from that past being lifted out of history and becoming a God in your life. Real to you today. Look at the last quote here. We have the right, each one of us American citizens, we have the right to denomination. That's just fine. We appreciate that. That's not what the gates of hell's against. It's against the spiritual revelation of Christ being here now. That's what it's against. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. That's what hell's against. And if anything, I want to be is a hell shaker. I want to be when I get up, all the devils say, oh no, not him again. Not that guy. He cast me out yesterday. He cast me out every day. Do I have to go back to him? I see a living God in him. Do I have to go back to him? That's what we can do. We can shake the very foundation of hell with our testimony. I'm only 13 though, brother, but you can shake hell. I'm 85. There's no purpose. You can shake hell. I don't care what age you are. I'm an ever-present God. And you become a hell shaker. That's what hell's against. It's the ever-living God of history. Come today to meet your need in your life. Amen. Revelations 10, 7. Before you receive verse 8, you got to receive verse 7. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go take the little book which is, is open. 
in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. It's open right now to whosoever will. He'll close it one day, but it's open now. And it's whosoever will. And what is the last part of that in verse 11? Now, take that book and eat that book and become that book. And preach the gospel to every living creature around. Every which way you can preach. You mamas, you preach to your little children. You become a little preacher to them. You preach to them righteousness. You ones that go to work, preach to your, your co-workers. Preach everywhere you can. And if you have to, use words. <laughs> the living, walking, talking epistle in this day. It's open. Oh, you'll face trials. What if I eat the book while I face trials? Yes, you will. Yes, you'll face these things. Yes, you'll, save. You'll, you'll face some fire in your life. Just remember one thing, though. When the three Hebrew children went into the fire, Brother Bram says the fourth man was talking to them in the fire. So you wonder when sometimes when you go through the fire, just listen really carefully because he's trying to tell you something. Amen. <sighs> just listen real close. Because all things work together for the good. Amen. To them that love God. Do you love God? Yeah. Brother Ben says, what was the end result of the fire? It just broke the bands. They were shackled then. Yeah. Amen. So if you've got chains in your life, just remember, God's able to break those chains. God's able to tear the shackles out of your life. You don't have to live with that anymore. Yeah. I was telling some brothers, this morning, so you know what the result was this morning? Let me tell you what it is. You know what came to my heart? You ever heard that example of the king's son that conducted himself like a king? You see, when you know who you are, you will conduct yourself as a king's son. You see, friends, we're living a little too low. As we heard this morning, we can hear the clucking of the chickens. Let me just tell you this, this evening, you can set your wings to the winds of faith. That's why God gave you those eagle wings, just to set a little higher. And those cluckings become fainter and fainter. And you live like a king's son. Be quiet. It's because you know who you are. You know in whom you have believed. And you know where your destination is. Therefore, you conduct yourself accordingly. See, that's why we've got to know who we are. So we don't realize we don't have to put up with this garbage the devil feeds us. Amen? Let's live like that. You want to? You want to live like that? Amen. Let God let that be my testimony. Amen. Let's all stand. Musicians will come. God wants you to be a living interpretation of his word. What a privilege. That's not a burden, friends. That's a privilege. I mean, I can be the living word. 
Yes. That's why you're here tonight. That's why you know the truth. That's why you receive the truth, the love of the truth. And you walk in it, and you talk in it. Everything you do involves Christ in your life. He's a center theme of our lives. Let's play something. You know, El, El Shaddai, keep G. El Shaddai. He's our provider. He's everything to us, isn't he? Amen. Amen. So, Lord, we want to call in your name because we know there's power in that name. Not just the name, but the atmosphere of that name. The name of Jesus. Amen. Let's sing that song. El Shaddai. So we cry out your name. The other one there. So we cry out your name, El Shaddai, God of grace, God of praise, Father of life, Father of life, <clears throat> seated on your throne of grace. It's only we are safe, amen. And Lord, you have said, if we call on your name, Yes, we and our families, because he said that's a promise. So we cry, oh, your name, oh, El Shaddai, oh, God of grace, amen, oh, Lord. Christ. 
Lamb of God. your praise. Amen. He deserves everything. He deserves everything that we can give him. He deserves all of our praise. He deserves every bit of time we can give him. No matter what you do for him. You know, when we see how wonderful it is on the other side, I just wonder if we'll just look back and say, I wish I would have done more. I just wish when I see how wonderful this is, why did I let my flesh get in the way so much? Why did I do that? Brother Bram says this, and you look at this up. We get on the other side of Eden. He says, you look back and say, why did I fear? Look at the joy I missed. You go look that up. Look at the joy I missed so we can be happy all the time. Yes, we can. And we are by the grace of God. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you, Brother Ed. Appreciate the, the time. I just appreciate coming here. You're a real pleasant crowd to preach to. Amen. I believe I'm preaching to the bride of Christ here. I really do. 
keep pressing on. Press the battle. Satan comes in, keep pressing. We're right there, friends. We're right there, right at the finish line. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Oh, I wonder if I should tell the story. I'm going to tell it. Is that okay? Here's an experiment scientists did. I told us back home. Dr. Kirk Richter in the 1950s did an experiment. And he had some domesticated rats and he had some wild rats. Okay. Like, what? Okay. He had a little bucket of water. And he wanted to see how long those rats could swim for. Interesting, isn't it? So he puts the little rats in a bucket of water and he times them. After about three minutes, the rats swimming, swimming. Finally, they gave up and died. So he timed that, three minutes. He put some other rats in there, they're wild rats, and they swam and they swam. Here come about three minutes, and they're ready. They're treading water. He could tell they're getting tired. He could tell they're getting tired. He's just about ready to give up. And then he yanks it out. What was the point of that? He yanked out those rats. He gave them time to relax, gain back their strength. So he put them back in the water. He says, know how long those rats swam for after he put them back in that water. Those rats swam for 60 hours. What is the significance of it, Brother Brad? Because they knew that if someone pulled them out once, it could pull them out again. That gave them hope. That if it happened one time, it can happen again. God healed me once, he can heal me again. God saved me, he can save others. What is that message? Don't lose hope in this age. God's given you a hope to make it right to the end. Stay on course. Don't get off track. We're almost home. Amen. God bless you all. Does brother want a prayer? Okay. Let's sing this song. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. <laughs> if it didn't give it to me, it can't take it away. Right? Give G. Yeah. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy that I have, all oh, the world.